Welcome to 15-Minute Experts, the podcast where my husband John and I challenge each other to debate lighthearted topics with minimal research. Although I'm not sure today's topic was actually lighthearted, dear. <laughs> I think it was kind of, kind of deep. You got to pick it today. Would you like to share with our audience? Well, it was very deep, but we held true to our minimal research. So That we did, that we did. 15 minutes. Today was a very interesting one for me. Because it's something that is a little bit personal, so we won't go into a lot of details, but it does involve a loved one, very loved one, on my side of the family, getting older, and is in a home, not a hospice center, but an elderly home, and she had what we will call a vision the other day. She was... Well, two things. She's begun talking about the fact that her and her deceased husband are going on a trip. That she's getting ready for a trip, which is interesting. The nurse was in her room the other day, and she looked up and asked who that was standing behind her. Your grandmother asked who was standing behind the nurse? Correct. Which my grandmother were talking about. In fact, he spilled the beans. It just was unclear as who you, who was standing behind who. You said her, like who was the pronoun that oh, was confusing. So if you want to re-say it, then. Oh, no, that's okay. So my grandmother was talking to the nurse and asked the nurse, who's that man standing behind you? Which the nurse looked around and there was nobody there. But it was not a person that my grandmother recognized. But it was very clear to her that there was somebody standing there. As the nurse passed this story on, in fact, to my mother, she said it's very common in this facility that the residents will see angels, is how she described it. A lot of people will see, as she described, angels standing in the room watching over them. So I wanted to look into getting to near the end of life visions because it's something that I kind of know is a thing, but I've never done any research into it. So I wanted to find out exactly if we could see what was going on and why it was going on or what it was. So I wanted to look into end-of-life visions and see what we could find out. And that we did. And we hope you'll enjoy listening to what we found out after our 15 minutes of research. We'll be right back. another topic that you've brought to us, John, where we can't really debate it, but we can definitely learn more about it. And that's what I've certainly done the past 15 minutes. I've learned a lot more about what I stumbled across, what they call them ELDV, end of life dreams and visions. Yes, that does tend to be the popular uh, term for it. Uh, I do have to admit that for time's purposes with our 15 minute limit, I found myself quite often having to stop reading just lists of people's stories and saying, well, no, I have to get back to it. The oh, that's funny because most of my research was about different observational studies that they had conducted on the matter. So that's interesting that your search engine or however you searched was giving you their stories where mine was all about the scientific part of it. That's where I ended up at quite a bit as well. So we may be a little repetitive here. But that is the nature of the beast when we are researching separately. So we were discussing the end-of-life visions. 
these do not mean necessarily you're dying, but they do mean you're getting closer to it. Well, I found out that both of the studies that I really kind of dove in to, they both said that the closer to death, the more prevalent and more frequent these dreams and visions would be. Absolutely. I saw that as well. Interestingly to me, I was looking at this and two very different studies as far as location wise. The first study I found was from India. Me too! <laughs> there we go. Good old PubMed. That one was very interesting because they reported slightly over 63% of near-death people reported seeing these visions. Mm-hmm. The second one I looked at was more for, is this probably where you're at as well? <laughs> more of the Nordic. I don't remember who did this study. It was done differently. The Indian study was interviewing the actual patients. The Nordic study was a summary of professionals who worked with the patients, the actual doctors, and they asked the doctors what they had seen. Of the 18 doctors who work with end-of-life patients, 15 of them reported that their patients quite regularly experience these end-of-life visions. It's not an occurrence. It's limited to one culture or another. No, absolutely not. In fact, um, one of the things that, that I read was that it's definitely been documented through history and across many different cultures, like you said. I also looked at the India study and looked at a study that was done in New York State. When they were dealing with that, they also did talk to the palliative care workers, and their opinion seemed to be these dreams and visions was definitely part of the dying process, in their opinion. So just a quick summary. As people get nearer to death, what's happening is they're seeing visions, either of loved ones or, in some people's cases, unknown people. Yeah, my research found that 88% of the people in the New York study had at least one dream or one vision. And 99% of those that had those dreams or vision felt that it seemed very real. And that 39% of them had the theme of going or preparing to go somewhere. That was 39% of all the dreams and visions. But if you just limit it to dreams, that represented about 59% of dreams was the theme that they were getting ready to go somewhere. And 72% of dreams involved reunions with deceased loved ones. So also we had, according to the India study, nearly 80% of these dreams or visions involved deceased loved ones from the past. And 52.6% of people who had these dreams or visions saw people or forms that they didn't recognize, which I thought that was interesting. So just over half were seeing things that they didn't know before. The Indian study was interesting to me for a couple reasons. The main two, in my opinion, were they were not as comfortable with the visions. Yes, I heard that too. Yeah, I was very surprised. The other studies we saw. The Indian people were much more shaken up by the visions and not as comfortable, and over a third, I believe it was 35% of the people that he interviewed in the Indian study reported that they had not told anybody else about this. Mm. And they were doing the study and asking directly about it, so they told them, but that they had not told anybody else about the study. And those were very interesting to me. The most of the stories that I've heard have been either 
people seeing loved ones and they actually felt very warmed and welcomed where they felt like they were going on a trip. Going on a trip with the loved one, either to a place that they've want, always wanted to go or to a place that they've already gone and they're returning to seems to be a very popular trend, a very popular pattern with these. It's got to be a culture thing here, there because you're, yeah, in the India study, you know, of course, I'm a numbers girl, so I wrote things down. They said, of the people that had these dreams or visions, 84% reported them as distressing. 84%. That is very different from what we have over here in the States, where typically it reduces the fear of dying and making the transition from knowing that you're currently living and that soon you'll be dying, helping that ease that transition and make the people feel comforted that they're going to be with these loved ones again. They're going to reunite them and see them and go with them. It seems to bring comfort here, which is, again, it's got to be a culture thing. I believe it has to be. There was also, actually, and I'm going to name him Christopher Kerr. He's a doctor who works with hospice. His official title of in the article I read was hospice physician Christopher Kerr. He has studied this quite a bit. Apparently, once he began working at hospice, he fairly quickly noticed this trend in dying patients and has been studying it since and wrote a book. Death is but a dream is his book. In his book, he talks about the fact that the majority of the patients that he sees who experience this it is very calming, and it's stress-releasing, mm -hmm. that it allows the patient to relax. He said, quite often, when you have soldiers who have a lot of PTSD from their service, they will get visits from people they served with, who will explain to them that everything's okay, and will actually calm them down and basically remove their PTSD before death, so that their passing is calm and relaxing and he said that that stress is not carried into their passing that all the stress and the tension of their ptsd or the stress of their lives these visions actually help them to release that so that when they pass they're in a calm relaxed state yeah i read something along those lines too where your hospice nurses were saying that their patients that had had these visions definitely had a more calm and peaceful death. So I think that says a lot about how comforting these visions and dreams can be. Absolutely. It also brings up a point which I found very odd or interesting. The great majority of these are loved ones or people that we've known, but there seems to be a major section of them where the people are unknown. It's an unknown figure or an unknown person and those ones don't seem to be as calming from what I've seen. So, which would make sense. If you see dying as maybe an unknown and a scary thing, which I think most people do, when you take away some of that unknown and you're like, oh, this person that I care for and love is there and they're waiting for me and they seem to be okay. They seem to have made that transition well and seems to be thriving and welcoming and encourage me to come. I can see where that would be calming versus... If it's just some random person, it doesn't nearly mean as much. Absolutely, which makes me wonder why some people see random yeah. individuals. Another option is it could be, and this is simply me talking, it could be loved ones that they don't recognize because a major trend in these 
and this is good for all of us uh, as we start getting older to realize, they don't see the individuals. Now, these are not ghosts. They report these as visions, and they actually have conversations and can see and talk to and hear, and they're very vivid and very clear. It's not a ghost sighting. We've already discussed ghosts on a previous episode. They see them in the prime of their life. Mm-hmm. They're not coming back as children. They're not coming back as elderly. They're coming back and their visions of these people are of them in the prime of their life, which I found very interesting. Yeah, you were going, you started off with talking about how they may not recognize them. Is that because you think that because they look so different from what they remember them as that they may have difficulty identifying who that person is? It's possible that it could be an individual that you knew only as a younger person mm. or only as an older person and you may not even recognize them in their prime of life is what I was thinking. I guess I did not say that. Makes sense. Makes sense. One of the things that I also read is that some people are quick to dismiss these things and they found that it had the opposite effect as far as it made the people who are experiencing them feel worse and think it's it's okay to talk about it. Even the people that found the visions distressing in the India study said when they talked to people about it, they felt much better about it. So I don't think there should be any fear of talking with your loved one about it or you shouldn't be negating what they see. You should accept that that's what they're seeing. You can even question them or talk to them about it. I don't feel like it's something that you have to brush away. You know, if it's something that's going to make them feel better, why not just go ahead and accept it and roll with it? That is the advice from the hospice sites that I saw who were discussing this. This is very common on hospice sites because it's very common with hospice patients, so they want to help address it. The hospice recommendation from several sites that I saw was never question it. Don't tell them they didn't see it. Don't say, no, you couldn't have, or try to explain it away to them. Their advice was to listen to ask questions about it. Who did you see? Where did you go? What did they say? And allow the patient to describe it to you. And that that really was a calming feature for them and helped Mm -hmm. them a lot. And exactly as you said, people who try to tell them, no, you couldn't have seen that, or you're just imagining it, tended to get the patients very worked up and had the opposite effect that you would want of the calming them and helping them that transition. I imagine it's kind of a um, defense mechanism for the families of the the person that is terminally ill there. They recognize it maybe as a sign that death is approaching and it may be difficult to accept so they don't want to accept it. They don't want to talk about it. I agree. That would be very strong uh, incentive to not discuss this with or to argue about it with the patient or the individual. However, the employees of the hospice are very familiar with this and from what I've seen have many many stories and it's a very common occurrence that they are well aware of. Yeah I think everyone has to go through the stages of grief if you will and part of it is acceptance that your loved one may be dying soon and from what we're reading talking about these things can be very calming to them which I think at end of life they deserve. The loved ones need to accept it and understand that it's going to benefit the patient. While it may seem painful to the loved one who's witnessing the elderly patient or the terminally ill patient experience these dreams or visions, we have to understand it and approach it from a place where it's better for them. This was definitely an interesting topic. 
I was very impressed when we did the research on how widely accepted it is, both in the medical and research world, as well as in the religious world, for something which is a new experience to me and I had not been aware of in the past. Just the amount of general knowledge of this that's out there really, I want—I don't want to say surprised me, but I was a little surprised at how much general knowledge there was out there for something which I was had not been aware of. Well, that's what makes this show so fun, for us anyway. We're always go. learning something new every day. Absolutely. Well, if you have an experience you'd like to share with us or a recommendation about a new show, please contact us, 15minuteexperts at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter. It's at 15minuteexperts. All of those are 1-5-minute-experts. Thanks for listening. This is John and Becky with 15 Minute Experts.